Hi, I'm Pastor Chris Moore. I'd like to thank you for listening to this message today. I pray that you're encouraged, that you'll receive a blessing, but most importantly, that you'll take a next step with and towards Jesus because of something you hear in today's message. In May 2005, Army Sergeant Anthony Jones stepped off of a plane from Iraq and he walked into a hospital room where his, his wife had just given birth to their second son only hours earlier. And so for the next two weeks, he sold his truck, he paid off some bills, he enjoyed his newborn, and he enjoyed time with his family and his friends. And he told his wife while he was here, he said, I want to live as if this was my last week. He got on a plane and he went back to Iraq. Three weeks later, Sergeant Jones died in a roadside attack in Baghdad. He was on his third tour. He was 25 years old. He left behind a wife and two small children, one of which was only just over a month old. His grandmother, as she was interviewed, she said this. She said it was like he knew he wasn't going to come back. Emma Lee Jones, she lives, resides right here in Sumter. She said, he told me, Grandma, the chances of me going over a third time and coming back alive are almost nil. I've known too many who have died. Sergeant Anthony Jones made the ultimate sacrifice. He would be 39 years old now. How do I know Sergeant Anthony Jones? Well, I don't know him. I know of him. But I photographed his funeral. Horse-drawn casing, flag-covered coffin, wound through the, the Spanish moss of a church on Brewington Road. He was laid to rest. The flag was folded and given to his wife. He was 25 years old. So this Memorial Day, it is not Happy Memorial Day. As I heard someone say this week, it is a blessed Memorial Day. You see, there's often a lot of confusion around Memorial Day. Memorial Day is is here to remember those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. Veterans Day in November is to honor all those who have served. But this weekend, we pause to remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. We pause to remember folks like Sergeant Anthony Jones and the Jones family and a child who was only a little over a month old old, who never met his father. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you as we pause this Memorial Day. We thank you for those like Sergeant Jones who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, who knew what they believed. They believed what this country stands for. They believed in defending the freedoms that we so easily take for granted. And they go and fight on a battlefield of ones that are staring them down and wanting them dead. And so, Father, we pray this morning, as we live especially in a military community, but God, if I was to ask for a show of hands, how many people know someone who has been killed in the military? in one of the branches of the military. Lord, it has touched all of our lives. 
in some way, shape, or form. And so, Father, this morning, we pray for their families. We pray that you would comfort and keep them on this day, but in the days to come as well. Lord, may their legacy, may their memories not be forgotten. Lord, may you comfort and keep them all the days of their life. Lord, we thank you for those who have died so that we can freely come and worship you here this morning. That we can freely do so many things that we often are unthankful for. And so, Father, we just pray this morning as we look into this series of grief that you would help those that are grieving and that you would help those of us who tragedy is headed our way to be prepared to have a relationship with you and a relationship with others that we may be comforted by you and that we may be able to lean on those in our life. Father, have your way in this service. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Last week we kicked off a new series, a six-week series on the subject of grief. And we said this, we said that grief is inevitable. It's a journey that we must all go on. We said that grief requires us to keep walking with Jesus. And as I mentioned to you last week, grief is personal. It's a process. And so this week I want to remind you that the grieving process not only takes time, but it takes trust. We have to trust God and lean on others. We have to trust God and lean on others. One source that I read as I was preparing for um, this week's message said, Oh, we're to trust God and rely on others. No. I disagree. Because if I rely on you, that means that I'm depending with my full trust and confidence in you. Our full trust and confidence should be in Jesus. Amen. We should be looking to him. The only one that we should truly rely on would be our spouse. And even then, they are flawed. They are sinners. And thank God for our spouses. Thank God for our family and our close friends. But we're to look To Jesus, we're to look to the Father to sustain and to help us through. So we're to trust God and lean on others. Now listen, when we talk about trusting God, how can you trust God? Well, I think it's in the small things. See, some of us, some of you here this morning would say, Oh, I've trusted God since I was a child. Praise God. But there's others of you that are on the fence. And I would say if you would just begin to trust him in the small things. Amen. If you would just continue to take that next step with him. Toward him. Begin to trust him. Your trust will grow. But you trust him because you know him. It's hard to trust somebody you don't know. Right? See, I want to remind you too that when you trust the Lord and you and you know that you have that trust, it's not just because you've sought Him only when there's a crisis. 
Why? Because you've trusted Him along the way. And you know Jesus and you know He cares for you. As you grieve, as you trust Him, remember that He is near to comfort you. Dr. Charles Stanley wrote down a few years ago uh, 30 life principles. It's in the front of Bibles that have his commentary. It's in the front of some of his books. But he wrote down 30 life principles. And one of those principles is this. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. And so this morning, I just encourage you to keep trusting God. Keep walking with the Lord. Keep taking those next steps towards Jesus. So what do we know about grief from God's Word? What do we know about grief from God's Word? I invite you to turn over to 2 Corinthians, the New Testament. So Romans, 1st, 2 Corinthians, if you will, take your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. While you're turning there this morning, I want to just call your attention to the flowers that are below the patriotic flowers this morning. The other flowers here on the stage are in honor and memory of Andrew Phillips, passed away six years ago. There's a little note from Terry and Bill in the, the bulletin just to remind you that while he may be gone, that he is not forgotten. Even this morning as someone realized, they said, what are the other flowers for? I told them, they said, oh, I remember Andrew. Andrew was always smiling. He had these uh, slacks that he would wear, and he had this pretty purple shirt. He would always stand outside and greet people. And And I would remind him how sharp dressed he looked. So we need to continue to pray for Terry and Bill. Because while they have grieved, there are still moments as we... And I gave this disclaimer last week. As we talk about grief, our own grief and loss in our lives will surface. So part of that resource page, part of the connect cards that we have each week is, how can I pray for you? Don't go at it alone. What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about trusting God and leaning on others. Trusting God and leaning on others. So continue to... Let me know how I can pray for you. But also, I want to encourage you that there is nothing wrong with going to see a counselor. And there are resources on that page of two counselors here in town that I know of and that I would vouch for. Go and see them. You're grieving or you know someone's grieving. We need to point people in the right direction. Amen. We need to point them to God's Word, but we also need to point them to helpful resources. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes these words. We're going to look at four verses. Paul's opening his second letter to the church at Corinth. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth and all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Under the heading of God of all comfort, listen to verse 3 and verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Verse 4. Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted 
by God. A few points that I want to call your attention to. Paul says, grace to you and what? Peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God gives us. As I read on uh, Instagram yesterday, a young lady who serves in a uh, blind ministry, helping blind folks. Uh, it's called Hearts of Love. Uh, Hearts of Love, I think, is the name of the ministry. And she posted about breathing in God's peace and breathing out His praise. Breathing in your peace and breathing out your praise. So God and Jesus are what? Paul tells us that grace to you and peace. So God is a God of peace. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who? The Father... Of mercies, the Father of mercies, and what? God of comfort. No, no, no. He says God of all comfort. All comfort. Who, what? Comforts us in all our affliction. And then you see this word over and over again, comfort, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which, which we ourselves are comforted by God. God is a God of peace. God is also a God of comfort. During the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus reminds us in Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In John 14, 6, he says, Ask, and he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper, He will give you a counselor, an intercessor, a strengthener, a comforter to be with you forever. You see, friends, Jesus here was promising the disciples the Holy Spirit. He was saying, I'm sending you the helper, the counselor, the intercessor, the strengthener, a comforter to be with you forever. Now, y'all know any time that We preach and teach God's word. We can read a verse like that, but we have to read around it. We have to try to put it in context. Yes, it talks about um, comfort, but what does Jesus say right before that? What does he say right after that? Well, I'm glad you asked. So we're going to look at verse 15 through 17. Kind of wraps the verse that we just read. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be with you. Oh, friends, what a promise this morning. Amen? What a promise. That not only is God a God of comfort, not only is God a God of mercy, He's going to send the Holy Spirit, and He not only He dwells with you, and He will be with you. So as you, as your loved ones, as your friends, as you go through the grieving process, you do not go alone. Amen? If Jesus is your Savior... If Jesus is your Savior, if you believe who He says He is, if you have confessed your sins and your need for a Savior, that no matter how good you are, no how matter 
Every time you're here, the doors are open. You've been in Sunday school since you were eight years old, that you've tithed. None of that matters because your behavior, what you do, will not get you into heaven. Amen? It is only by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and you receiving that by grace. And it's free. It's free. And friends, this morning, if you think, oh Lord, how could you... How could you forgive me? Well, the Bible tells us for where, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Right? So no matter what you've done, how bad you think you've sinned, there is grace. There is forgiveness. You have to turn to Him. And you have to accept that. I've heard it said... In comfort, you were strengthened, and through faith, you have life. Psalm 46, 1, God is our fortress. Right? That's the heading that verse falls under. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. What does he tell, what does the psalmist tell us just a few verses later? 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. But first, when he opens that psalm, he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So how do you live out these truths? How do you live out these verses? How do you live out what we're talking about as you grieve and as your loved ones grieve? Well, I want to remind you, I want to tell you this morning that it means standing on and finding comfort in the promises of God. That's what it means. That's how we get through rough times. That's how we get through the grief of a a loved one is by standing on and finding comfort in the promises of God. I think we talked about that last week. And so if you will, if you have your copy of your bulletin, thank you, Miss Terry, for printing this. Uh, there is a um, handout inside of your bulletin. It's called Promises to the Believer. Promises to the Believer. And there are 41 promises. There are 41 promises that we have here. I'm not going to take the time to, to go over those now. But I want to encourage you, maybe if you sit down one day, you know, what if you just took one a day? Well, there for the next 41 days, you would be reminded of the promises of God. Amen. If you just sat down and tomorrow you read John 10, 10, and you're reminded that with the Lord, as a believer, you have abundant life. You have the crown of life. You have a heavenly home. You have assurance. You have cleansing, comfort. Take this and use this. As you grieve, as you go through difficulties in your life, you must stand and you must find comfort in the promises of God. You must know who He is. Right? As we talked about earlier this morning, it's not just running to God whenever you know the bottom falls out. It's walking with Him daily. For some of us, I, I kind of caution, and maybe it's not daily, but you've got to seek Him sometime. So many people put their, 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 the, they have the mindset 
that, okay, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to give God an hour and then I'm going to leave and I'm going to live any way I want to live. Right? I can check that off. Can I tell you, friends, as we push forward in 2019, as we look forward to 2020, if the Lord tarries, the reason our churches are dwindling is because of duplicity. It's because of duplicity. It's because there are Christians and believers who say they believe one thing and they wave the banner of Jesus Christ, but they live totally different. And can I remind you something this morning? It's not just that they live totally different outside of the church. It's that they don't practice what they preach inside the church. Amen? This should be a place of grace. This should be a place where we welcome people. But instead there's condemnation. There's stares and unfriendliness. Maybe not so much in this church, but in the church as a whole. And people are put off. This generation, it's not about the the glitz and the glamour, but they want to see somebody who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is following Him, and then what does the Word say? That they will know you by your fruit. You don't put, you don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel. No, you light your lamp and you let it shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so when you leave here, part of why we come to church is not just to say, whoop, I can check that off. I've been another week. Praise God. No, you come here to be encouraged. You come here to to find out new truths that maybe you haven't seen in the Word of God. You come here to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. You come here, hopefully, so that you can lean on other believers. But listen, friends, just like with Jesus, you can't just show up in a crisis. But you've got to have those 3 a.m. friends that you can call on. And listen, a 3 a.m. friend does not just happen overnight. Amen? You don't find that person that you can confide in, that you can trust in, that you can share your deepest um, thoughts with. No, it happens over time. So I encourage you begin to start now and to, to build those relationships and find the ones that you can trust in because God has called us to trust Him and to lean on others. Not just in times of grief, but in times of controversy, in times of of misery in our life. And can I just remind you this morning, I'm going off of my notes for a minute, but as we look around, I don't know about y'all, I'm just going to take a moment to to talk about what I've seen. I don't know about your family, but we got tons of issues in mind. Amen? Not just my household, but our family. There are people who need Jesus. There are people who need the power of the Holy Spirit to move in their lives. Can God heal broken relationships? Yes. Can God heal marriages? Yes. Can God comfort and keep people? Yes. But they're not looking to Him. Take the mask off. Time is nigh. We've been called to live as followers of Christ in such a time as this. We've been called to, to walk into the, to the messy situations and to be Jesus. Not just to say, oh, Brother Darlene, I'm sorry you got this going on in your life. May the Lord be with you. Good luck with that. 
and you go on about your merry way. No. Man, it is coming along, and it's if, if that person's sitting there, it's saying, all right, so tell me, what's going on? And then it's listening. Did you, did you hear that pause there? It's not saying, oh, let me tell you what. Let me, let me show you this. Let me, uh, let me tell you, this is exactly what you should do. No, it's just saying, hey, t- tell me what's going on. What's happening? Oh, wow. Can we pray? Then you pray with them. You walk with them. You encourage them. Listen, as you grieve, as you suffer, as you face trials, Jesus is there to comfort you. He knows pain and He knows suffering. Right? Jesus knows pain and He knows suffering. Look look here at this stained glass window. When Jesus hung on the old rugged cross, He was, he was a sinless Son of Man. But don't you think when he died on the cross, when he was beaten for our sins, for the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed, by his wounds we are healed, that when he hung on that old rugged cross, you think he knew pain? When people came and spat on him, when people came and said, oh, if you're God, get yourself down from there. The shame... The cross was an emblem of shame. We, we hang crosses in our churches. We hang crosses around our neck. But friends, can I tell you what? In Jesus' day, it was a sign of shame. Only God can take what's shameful and dirty and ugly and turn it into something beautiful. Amen? He can do that with the cross and He can do that with your life as well. So listen, speaking of comfort, speaking of comfort, Sometimes when you just slow down and you begin to think about things, you just see things in a different light. Amen? So speaking of comfort, it means offering assistance, support, relief, and encouragement. Oh, but as a verb, it means to give strength and hope. It means to cheer you on. It also means to ease the grief or the trouble of. So friends, not only is God a comforting God, He's also there to console your heartache. If there's one thing I've learned in the time that I've been with you all, it's the message that we preached on Psalms a few weeks ago. And I couldn't figure out, I couldn't understand why we were in Psalms. But then he let me see it. The Holy Spirit reminded me that the psalmists were raw and real with the Lord. That's what he's called us to be. He doesn't want your pleasantries. He doesn't want your same old, same old that you always bring to him. What's happening in your life now? How do you need God now? How do those around you need God now? You heard about that this morning. David and Ann, they need your prayers for the, for the, the medicine that they're trying to get to work. They need your prayers now. Pray for them. Brother Robert needs your prayers now. It's, he struggled to breathe. Right? How 
Do you need God now? So when God is comforting you, remember that He is strengthening you. God's comfort is not just a promise. It's an absolute assurance of God's understanding of His presence and all-embracing care for you. Listen, the truth is that, listen now, the truth is that no one can comfort you to your expectations. Nor can you grieve to the expectations of another. No one can comfort you to your expectations. And nor can you grieve to the expectations of another. You see, friends, grief, the griefing process is personal. It's going to look different for each of us. A reminder this morning that the powerful emotional responses that are normal for a grieving person also come with spiritual temptations. Chief among them is the urge to get or to go alone. To rely on your own strength and to isolate yourself from others. Listen, friends, our success in moving forward in the healing process depends on your willingness to trust God and to lean on others. Can I remind you that a person in emotional and spiritual shock may need assistance and support to get through the first few days? How do you do that? Well, you provide comfort. You maybe make some mundane decisions that need to be made. You assist them with some of their daily activities. But can I also remind you that in those moments of shock is not time to make major decisions. They just need someone to comfort. They just need someone to lean on them. In finding the good in grief, rediscover joy after a life-changing loss... John Baguette says this. In the early days after a life-changing loss, we need to turn to those who love us and care about us and let them provide support, guidance, and comfort. Listen, most of all, we need to remember that God loves us and wants us to experience healing. If with God's help we are able to face and accept our new situations, as difficult as they may be, then we can find a measure of peace within our own personal storms. So we talked this morning about how God comforts us. Julie Yarborough, an author and who is uh, someone who's passionate about helping those who are grieving. She wrote in her little book, A Journey Through Grief, Life Beyond the Broken Heart. Listen to what she wrote. You grieve towards growth when you rest in the grace of God at work in your life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit to comfort and strengthen your heart. God uses grief to teach you more of God's comfort through the gift of his steadfast love. You suffer for a while, yet you are assured of God's love as he comforts you. The unimaginable depth and breadth of God's infinite love in your comfort is your comfort 
in grief. Psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 76, Let your steadfast love become my comfort. So as we close, if we are grieving, what are we to do? If we're grieving, what are we to do? Well, I want to remind you that grief is personal. That it's a process. That it takes time. And that it takes trust. You can't rush it. While you grieve, while those you know grieve, encourage them to trust God and to remember His promises and remind them that they can lean on you, that they can call on you. Can I tell you something else? Point them to God's Word. Point them to God's Word in Psalm 71. 19 through 21. Listen, your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. What great promises, just as we read that. He'll revive me again. He'll comfort me again. Oh, righteous God, who is like you? And then Psalm 119, verse 76. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Friends, take the handout that we gave you this morning. Read over that. Spend some time in that. You don't have to rush through and look up all 41, amen? But stick that in your Bible. And begin to read about what are the promises of God. What do you need to remember? Let me close this in prayer this morning. Father God, we thank you for the promises that you've given us. Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, I pray this morning as there are those here that are grieving, may you comfort them. God, for those of us who have heard some nugget of wisdom, those of us who have heard some verse of Scripture, may we take that and and share it. May we apply it. May we pass it on to someone who's hurting. God, because I, I don't have anything great to say, but your word is still living and active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It is, it is there to comfort and to keep us. It is there to remind us of who you are and, and how you're working in our lives. So, Father, I pray, though, for our friends and our family that may be grieving, that we would point them to you, that we would love them well, that we would just show up and listen and show up and be a part of their lives and and just allow them to lean on us. But Father, oh, I don't know who this message really is for. It could be for someone who's going to grieve in the coming weeks or the coming months. Father, I pray that you would remind them of who you are. Lord, help them to establish their trust in you. Help them to build relationships with those around them so that when the storms of life come, 
they can trust you, they can look to you, and they can lean on those around them. For your word says that you have comforted us so that we may comfort others. Father, help us to be comforters this coming week. Help us to be encouragers this coming week. Help us to be a light in a dark and dying world that we may point others to Jesus this coming week. Father, we thank you for the military. God, we thank you for those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. We thank you for the blessings that we enjoy. And Lord, we just pray for their grieving families. Lord, we ask that you be with them. Comfort them. Father, we just ask that you have your way in our hearts and our lives. May we continue to seek you. May we continue to knock. And Lord, may you continue to make us into the men, the women, the boys and girls that you would have us to be. For it's in your son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen.